Why is he running, Dad? Because we have to chase him. Okay, we're going in! Go, go! Move! <laughs> Because it's the hero Gotham deserves, but not the one it needs right now. So we'll hunt him. Because he can take it. Because he's not our hero. He's a silent guardian. A watchful protector. That's a hell of a name.
I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sports Talk. It is Friday, March 1st. What? Incredible. (laughs) How? How? How is it March 1st already, dude? I call shenanigans. I want a recount. I want a recount. It is not March 1st yet. I hope you folks have had a fantastic week, man. Me and JB are going to have some good discussions today based on a few things that have happened in sports over the past couple weeks here. Uh, It has been a, a lovely week. It has been a crazy week in the news cycle, my friend. I'm your host, Absolute1776, and this is my fellow host and good friend, the one and only J.B. White. How are you doing this morning, my friend? I'm tired as hell, bro. Lie. Yeah. Moving, moving, moving shelves and drawers and beds and everything for three straight days. Like, no, okay, no, the struggle old. is real. The struggle is, the struggle is too real, man. I'm not here for it. Uh, so friends, thank you guys so much for joining us today. I hope that you guys are having a wonderful day and I want to thank you guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Hello. Hello. There we go. There we go. My, I I think it might be time for a new microphone. Uh, Anyway, I want to thank you guys very much for supporting us in Badlands Media and our advertising partners as well. So we're going to take a quick break, hear a word from a couple of our advertising partners. When we come back, we're going to get into some roundtable discussions on uh, Cam Newton getting jumped, the LeBron-Bronny situation, and how exactly did the NFL and NCAA football help expose the failures of other sports? going to be some interesting discussions today, my friends. So let's take a quick break, hear a word from a couple of sponsors. When we get back, we're going to get right into it. So hang with us, friends. We'll be right back. Imagine a future where your body can restore, revive, and rejuvenate itself effortlessly. Frequency apps harness the power of specific frequencies to create patches that are changing the game. These patches are easy to use with no interactions and no side effects, making them highly convenient. Every set of frequencies is designed to enhance and naturally stimulate specific systems within your body. Once applied, these frequency apps emit targeted frequencies that communicate with your body, helping it awaken its natural responses without any side effects. With over 50 different frequency apps, each one is a masterpiece of subharmonic frequencies carefully embedded to perfection. Ready to take the leap into the future of homeopathy? This America First company is offering Badlands viewers up to 25% off when purchasing a monthly subscription. Visit badlandsmedia.tv forward slash patches and use code BADLANDS at checkout to enjoy an exclusive 5% discount or subscribe and save up to 25%. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash patches. Are you concerned about the $6 trillion at stake in the upcoming 2024 election, friends? The Wall Street Journal has reported a critical issue, the looming decision on extending tax cuts scheduled to expire after 2025. Republicans advocate for extending Trump's tax cuts, while the Democrats lean towards letting them expire and increasing taxes on top earners and corporations, potentially creating a massive $6 trillion gap. 
But fear not, there's a way to protect yourself from this impending threat. Join the thousands of hardworking Americans who are taking proactive steps to safeguard their savings. Visit BadlandsGold.com to claim your free 2024 gold and silver kit and fortify everything you've worked for. You may even qualify for up to 10% back in bonus silver. But hurry, supplies are limited, friends. Don't leave your financial future to chance. Act now to diversify and shield your savings against the uncertainties ahead. Get your free 2024 gold and silver kit today at BadlandsGold.com and take control of your financial destiny. One more time, friends, that's BadlandsGold.com. Welcome back, friends, and now it's time for a little roundtable action. The first thing we're going to go through today, JB, a video you had sent me, actually all, all three of these videos you sent me for today. Uh, and the first one is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. Imagine being at an event put on by an NFL superstar and then thinking that you should go ahead and jump said NFL superstar. Imagine, furthermore, that said NFL superstar, you decide that you're going to jump and try to take on physically is the six foot six inch, 280 pound Cam Newton. It's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad idea, right? He's... You need to know a beast when you see a beast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I've met the man once. All right. JB, me and you have met in person a couple times now. I am not a little individual. Neither are you. Cam Newton would make us both look like little individuals. I promise you, I come up to the dude's chin. All right. Um, Look, when it comes to professional athletes, man, don't get it twisted and think for one second you could beat their ass. All, all they do all day, every day, is work out and take care of themselves so that they can be a machine within the realm of professional athletics, which is well above 99% of our heads in the physical realm, right? Um, you know, I <laughs> I practice jujitsu, and it's often said that shit's an equalizer, right? It is not an equalizer against somebody of that stature. Like, if the dude could literally break you and... If somebody could beat someone else's ass while using you as the weapon, you probably shouldn't Hello. mess with that person, right? Hello. That's, that's what these two fools decided to do. They were like, hey, I'm feeling froggy today. I'm going to have a go at Cam Newton. So let's watch Let's watch his video just for a minute, JB. And of course, if you have any points you want to interject, feel free to let me know. I'll pause it and we'll, we'll chat about it. But let's just watch this for a couple minutes to kind of set the stage of what happened if you, if you missed the news, friends. All right, let's talk some NFL, if we can really say this, or is this uh, UFC? I don't know. Rob G., uh, I want you to jump in on this because, Lindsay, did you see the video of Cam Newton getting attacked by, like, four or five guys at a seven-on-seven, and the hat never came off, and he was fighting (laughs) off these guys. And it's crazy because this wasn't like some – street situation where somebody was trying to rob him or you know what I mean? Or he's jumped in some, he's at a, he's at a, a a seven on seven football game. Right. I think, I think it was his event. Like that's his seven on seven event. Right. Yeah, Cause it started under a a 10 too. And then it kind of moved out. Rob G give us the details and then we'll talk with Lindsay about this. Sure. Well, by now everybody's seen the video where LeBron, or excuse me, Cam Newton is going incredible Hulk on like five different guys. (laughs) where he's winning a fight without actually throwing a punch, which is crazy because he's just got one guy in a headlock. He's throwing another guy with his left hand. It was very, very impressive by Cam Newton. However, according to 
Fox News. They caught up to two of the guys who were involved in and the this. And this is just their side. We, just we their haven't side, heard from Cam. Okay? Full disclosure. Yep. Cam Newton's actually the guy who started the whole ordeal, according to them. <laughs> now, according to these guys who who formerly worked with Cam Newton at another seven-on-seven team, they worked under him, and now they branched off and did their own thing. But it all started on Saturday when Cam Newton showed up doing a lot of trash talking, and that goes on a lot here at these seven-on-seven tournaments. At one point, saying that I'm y'all's daddy during a heated exchange, according to multiple reports. And according to these two guys, these brothers, Steph and TJ, Steph is the younger one. He went to confront Cam after their game on Sunday to talk about some of the things that Cam had said during the heat of the of the moment. He thought that Cam had crossed the line. According to them, Cam grabbed Steph, one of the brothers, by his collar and was saying threatening things to him. At that point, TJ, which is the older brother, jumped in, jumped in, took a swung at Cam, and the melee ensued. Now, again, this is just their version of events. However, one anonymous parent who was present during the whole thing did tell Fox News that Cam was taunting throughout both of the games on Saturday and Sunday. Again, we don't know exactly what he yep. said that would prompt this fight, but that Cam okay. was involved in the taunting. Oh. And, and, and I'll start here, Lindsay. There's a lot of situations. So this is the thing, right? I mean, we have to talk about young people, young and dumb, and then men in supposedly leadership positions getting in their feelings and not understanding protocol and the way everything worked. You know, you got a culture. And Paul, you've probably seen some of this. You get at some of these events and black folks, especially, we love to talk. Yang, it's part of the deal to see if you can get somebody out of their focus. Right. 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 Off of their focal activity. And that's a test. It's a time honored test. And yep. the way it works in the black community is generally, if you're not an insecure idiot, you either participate in this game or you sit your ass out. And if you participate, you understand the rules is have at it. But you don't get crazy stupid because you understand the way everything is working and what it is and the rules. You just understand the rules. If you can't hang, you can't hang. Get your ass out of the kitchen. At events like this, and it's Cam's freaking event, you get an un you get an understanding of where we've gone off the rails and especially where there are not men in the home and what uh coach JB calls bitch made men. Okay, this is this is this is kind of sort of what had to have happened at this Cam Newton event because you got somebody acting emotionally like you you don't you don't understand how we get down, you don't understand this game. It's about the talking. It ain't about the physical, come up and do something stupid. And this is why you got all kinds of people shooting up places these days. Again, not being courageous, but being cowardly. And right. then, they're gonna, then they're gonna come try and jump Cam. You got stupid people doing stupid shit in stupid places. And they fucked and around and found out. Exactly, <laughs> and that is the point. That is exactly the point. And kudos to Cam, right? 
because what these people also were doing, and this is another part of the culture that we need to disrespect and start shaming people in. Uh, on a certain level, they were clout chasing in their own kind of way because they knew Cam would be under certain restrictions. He didn't want to catch a case. It's his event. So they're going to cross the line. They're going to do stupid stuff. They're going to so-called challenge him because of something he said at his freaking event. If you so been out of shape, get your ass out of the event. Take your ass home. What are we doing? Right. What? It, what shocks me is the notion in any way, shape or form that anybody would be surprised by Cam Newton talking shit. It's literally all he did. And, and look, look, you heard him say one of the things that upset them is Cam said, I am your daddy. Cam has brought these fools up through his event. He's put them on a platform, allowed them to think they can now go out on their own and do their own little thing. So it was in the black sense of things. OK, in the cultural sense, he is your damn daddy. What's the problem here? <laughs> One look, man. One thing I earned or earned learned early on in my life, um, you know, I went to predominantly black schools before I started homeschooling. I've lived in black-ish neighborhoods, and now I basically live in a black neighborhood. And working in kitchens, damn near my whole life, dude. I worked with lots of black folks. One of the things I learned early on, as it comes to black culture, y'all love to talk shit. Y'all oh love to sling. Y'all love to sling some shit at people. At first, in my younger age, you know, talking 17, 18 years old, right? I got a little butt hurt by it. Let my emotions get in the way. Didn't understand it. But then you start to understand it's exactly what you said, JB. It's a test. And if you pass that test, guess what? Then brother's going to have your back like nobody. Okay? But talking shit and slinging garbage on one another is part of y'all's culture. And might I add, it's one of the funnest fucking parts of it. If you can actually set your emotions aside and enjoy it, who doesn't love a good yo mama cut down with somebody else for a solid five, 10 minutes, a little playground cut down fight, dude, that's some of the funniest shit you will ever hear in your life. And that's essentially what Cam Newton does 24 seven. He runs his mouth. He flaps his gums. He talks Yang. He does it with a huge smile on his face. He doesn't take it too seriously. So you probably shouldn't either. Apparently these fellas did. Now the fact that Cam basically beat the shit out of all these dudes without throwing a single punch as somebody who's into self-defense is like the most impressive thing to me. And it shows to me that he actually kept a cool head during this. You think for one yeah. second that wasn't his thought process? You think right. for one second Cam Newton wasn't thinking, I cannot punch these dudes. I cannot throw a swing. I've got to right. defend myself, but not, right. not look bad about it. And he did. To his credit, he did. And look, think about how much he demonstrated. This is what I took away from it, okay? Uh a lot of the folks were talking about, man, that hat never moved, man. That hat. You've got to have incredible body control in your core. Yep. Right? Yep. <laughs> to be able to do what he did. I'm saying. <laughs> Utilizing all your muscles. I mean, it was just an incredible physical display without throwing a punch. I'm saying, from a self-defense perspective, it's about as perfect as it gets. Like... My dude did everything to defend himself while not overly hurting his opponents who were coming against him just because he knew he could. Look, power, power is awesome, right? Power is nothing without control of said power, all right? And he, 
I'm not trying to like blowing up for getting in a fight or anything, but I'm a self-defense guy. I see somebody jump somebody else and the person getting jumped whoop a little ass. I'm going to be all about that street justice, son. 100%. Like you F around, you're going to find out, especially with a six foot six, 280 pound professional athlete. Like the average Joe, Joe Schmo sits on his couch and, you know, armchair quarterbacks every Monday morning thinks they can go out there and hang with these dudes. Let me give you a pro tip. You can't. On your best day as an athlete in your little stay-at-home mind, you couldn't pick up their trash on their worst day as a professional athlete. I'm not talking about as a human being what you contribute to society. I'm sure you do far more than a lot of professional athletes. But as it comes to within their sphere of influence, within what they do, you cannot get on the field with a professional athlete and think for a second you're going to hang with them physically. You remember a show used to come on back in the day? I think it was called Average Joe's. It was literally a show about average dudes like me and you getting to try their sports acumen against professional athletes. Not one fucking time did the average Joe win on this show. As a matter of fact, the average Joe always got freaking embarrassed. Like, that's that's what it is. These, these professional athletes, it's what they do all day, every day. When you pound away on your body all day, every day, and you're bench pressing 400 pounds... A couple dudes trying to jump you at your event are not going to be a threat to you unless they're carrying weapons. Like, that's just facts. And, 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 I, and so many of these guys are freaks of nature. Yeah. And Ham Actually, among them is a freak of freaks. You know? Right. Like, you've got your freaks of nature, right? And then, look, I understand his career didn't end too swimmingly because the injuries, the way the Panthers shuffled him out the door. But when Cam Newton was in his prime, we had seen nothing like it before on the NFL field, period. But there was a three or four year period there where Cam Newton was damn near completely unstoppable. And we're talking about being unstoppable against six foot five, 300 pound defensive linemen. All right. These dudes at his event weren't going to weren't going to pose a threat, brother. So let's let's go ahead and uh, hear a little bit more what these these fellas had to say about it, man. You know that you were a pro athlete for a long time. People are looking to you know, mix it up with you, get you caught out there or whatever. And there's a fine line. And I don't know of the details. I'm not blaming Cam, but it's just not the look you want. Not when you are a Super Bowl, M I mean, uh, an MVP. Not when you put up a career that you have that you're in a scrap publicly with other people. I think that's the part when I saw it, I just couldn't believe they fucking that jumped it got to a point where Cam Newton <laughs> is in a scrap with with other people like i i just is is hold on hold on hold on hold on look oh, we're getting I'm more just, issues I'm, I'm just gonna butt in real quick to say i don't give a damn if you're cam newton i don't give a damn if it's your event i don't give a damn what public images you need to worry about upholding if another man comes at me with an offensive, aggressive, and harmful posture, I am going to handle my shit. There is not, I don't care how much shit Cam Newton talked, okay? That old cliche saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's a fucking cliche for a reason, because words are words. They can only hurt you as much as you allow them to get under your damn skin. Period, okay? It is words. The first thing you were taught in self-defense classes is, you don't get physical with somebody over words. It's not enough to get physical with somebody over words. When I took my conceal and carry class, you know what, JB? You calling me a punk motherfucker is not suffice reason for me to shoot you. Imagine that. 
It's almost like words need to be ignored. They are words. It doesn't matter. Dude, and I'm sure you are you are in this same boat. I have had so much hateful shit said to me in my time in this movement that if I didn't develop a thick skin to get over words, I'd have been gone years ago, dude. And I'm sure you've, you've been in this shit far longer than I have, man. I'm sure you've endured way more hateful words than I have in this movement, okay? Especially being a black conservative. I'm not naive to that shit, all right? But to get this twisted over words, words, JB, to think mm -hmm. that in any kind of physical space, you would be able to confront Cam Newton and win that battle. Boy, you must be out your goddamn mind. That's all mm -hmm. I got. I don't I, look. And you know me. I've defended Cam Newton a lot in this show. I've also called Cam Newton out on this show before. OK, I don't straight homer the dude. I don't see a damn thing he did wrong here, JB. Not a thing <laughs> like as a matter of fact if i had a boy and he's going to cam newton's little seven on seven camp and i just saw cam newton defend himself against some folks jumping him i'd be like hey son pay attention because that's a man right there that's what you do when somebody presses you physically right there that's it all right i'm done with my little mini rantlet man unless you have anything else to add on we can carry on here <laughs> as a former athlete how tough is that and do you know what i'm saying like Lindsay? Were you conscious of that, that that I can't be in, involved in such stuff or or is it impossible to uh, to, to, to be able to police yourself? that it, way? It, It's a tough situation. You get people, you know, um, you get people that want to try you at times. People want to, you know, people say things and people do things to, to try to push you. You know, I, I boxed for 10 years, so I, I always had a you know, outlet for all that type of stuff. Right, right. <laughs> but, but, you know, if Cam was protecting himself, Rob, what, what more can you ask? We don't know. You can, you can talk and you can say whatever you want to say. Just don't put your hands on me. Right. You know, so it's all, you know, if, if he's saying things or they're going back and forth, because you remember last year, Cam was at one of these events and he was going back and forth with one of the disrespectful kids. Kids was calling him trash last year. And Cam was just looking at him like, who are you talking to? You know, so I don't know if this is a carryover from last year right. or whatever it was. But regardless to what Cam said, you can't put your hands on somebody. Right. And that's, he has every claim right that he in the world and, and to, he defend right himself. The, to defend himself. There, there's no Nailed doubt. It. I mean, you and, can't you can't allow yourself to be right, attacked. Right. But I'm hoping that, uh, you know, that Cam wasn't the first one to get physical. And I'm just saying from the standpoint of he's the bigger guy and it looks worse for him. You know, nobody knows who those other people are, Lindsay. That's always the, the toughest spot to be in when you have a celeb, right? Right. right. No, that's true. I, and I definitely understand that part. Uh, but at the same time, he's a, he's a human, Rob. And, and what else was he supposed to do? If, if, if in fact they attacked him, what else? You can tell in this conversation that Lindsey Hunter was the former professional athlete. Exactly. Because exactly. his he and you can tell that Rob's a, a freaking journalist. I like him, but he's a freaking journalist and he has a journalist mindset. He just looks at things a certain way. Yes. And I, I like Rob Parker, too. I've, I've never found myself on his side with a lot of his viewpoints and opinions. And he's, he's super well spoken, but he's absolutely taken a, a journalist mindset here where Lindsay when he when Rob brought that prior point up Lindsay kind of did like a little like a little like come on man like you just don't know how it is Broke. like right like come on bruh like you know at Lindsay you know he played for Detroit I don't think he played for Detroit when the malice at the palace happened but 
You know what I mean? Like these, you can, I don't care if you're a professional athlete or not, man. And this, this kind of goes back to black culture too. You're not going to test me as a man and walk away with it and be okay with that. Like, I'm not going to be okay with that level of disrespect. That's the thing. Like, um, so yeah, I just had to interject with that real quick that you could tell that Lindsey Hunter was the former professional athlete here, like his, his mindset and, the, and what he's saying so far, I'm 100% on Lindsey's side as well. Let's carry on friends. Could he have done? There was security there. We saw security come late, right? but they were late. And, and I always <laughs> have a problem and I, and th there's gotta be some other animosity there for five guys to jump on one. Like right. seriously, you know what I mean? Lindsey, you, and, and here's something that I always remember when I was growing up that there was always a certain degree of respect right. in the hood right. to me. Right. And when I just mean the hood, like in our community for guys who made it to the league, no matter what sport you were in, am I right? Exactly. Because it's hard to make the league and people always had that. Like guys wouldn't mess with people who made the league, right? You want to do right. anything crazy. You were, protected. you were protected. And I don't think it's like that anymore. I, I really don't. You notice a lot of NBA players get robbed, Lindsey. Yeah. Right? Which which was another thing that just didn't happen. Uh I I, I don't know. Am, am I wrong? You you're out there more than I am as far as knowing NBA players and other, you know, professional athletes. And it seems as if more and more this is a very important point I think he's making. It's the degradation. Um maybe across America, but absolutely positively within the black community, because this is something that never would have happened. And uh, especially the commonplace now, they talk about, we talked about on this show sometimes about that NBA player who got caught up by carrying a gun, but hell, you almost have to carry a gun these days because these little sap suckers, they don't know how to show any respect and that little community protects it used to be if somebody dared try and do some crap like that they the community would go find out and bring them and put them forward because like that ain't what the hell we do that is not what we do damn what your situation is that is not what we do and uh <clears throat> but the video revolution and the world these kids are growing up in has I, how do I say this? It's not that it has screwed up everything, but it has made you talked about average Joes. It has made these people living their average lives lose some real perspective and familiarize themselves with people who are leading, living something of a superlative activity. Okay. And it makes them common, more common than they are. And then these fools get stepped to. And you get these little situations now where, OK, everybody's got a gun as an equalizer and you just have this uh, race to the bottom with uh, craziness after craziness after craziness. It just seems to never stop. I think um, I think part of what we're seeing here, like Mike Tyson nailed it perfectly. Too many people don't got comfortable with talking shit without getting punched in the mouth for it. Because they can do it from behind a computer screen and face no repercussions for it. We're back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even portions of the 90s. You talk some some overbearing shit to somebody, you you pressed upon somebody, you could expect to get slapped in the mouth for it, especially in the black community. You weren't going to come up in there and disrespect. See, one thing I learned in black culture is there's a difference between talking shit and legitimately disrespecting a motherfucker. 
a big difference in the two. Now, there can be a gray line there. The line can be hard to figure out at first, but there is a distinct difference in talking shit and disrespecting somebody. My guess is this went from talking shit to disrespect, and we need to try to shut Cam Newton up. It's going to take five of us to do it. It's like that old Ron White stand-up line. He's like, I didn't know how many of them it was going to take to kick my ass, but I knew how many they were going to send. All right? <laughs> <laughs> one of those deals, man. And that's exactly what this is. People have gotten too comfortable with talking shit without getting punched in the face for it. Flat out. And that's not me advocating violence either. I'm just saying that sometimes somebody deserves to get popped in the mouth for running a little bit too much. And very comfortable running in packs. This is the thing. You know, one of them sap suckers wasn't going to take on Cam. They were going to run in a pack. And, you know, that change with young men, especially that changes everything. You can get a lot more confident running in a pack. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's you know, that was one of the uh, one of the things learned in the self-defense and and could see on carry class when it's a pack coming at you that the, the stakes raise significantly, man. It also widens your legal obligations as far as what you can do to defend yourself, because you can meet at least in North Carolina, I don't know how it is in other states, but in North Carolina, you meet power with power. You meet threat with threat. You don't go over the threat. So in other words, if somebody's coming at me with just fists and it's one-on-one -on -one and my life's not in danger, I probably shouldn't shoot them. But if it's five people coming at me, eh, you're pretty much in your rights to do what you got to do to defend yourself, man, because five people coming at you is not with good vibes and good intentions. That's for damn sure. So let's carry on with this video, friends. You know, they're targets and people are trying to provoke them. And that's right. why I hated to see Cam involved in that. Well, it's definitely different now, especially with, you know, social media and all of the different outlets of, of you know, how people can can find you and know where you are at all times. If you're on social media, it's just different. We live in a different day and age. And, you know, guys, young, younger guys have to be very, very careful where you go, who you are around uh, and, and what you do. Because people, people know, you know, a lot of these guys live through social media. So it, we always know where they're going or know what they're doing. And, and that's not always a good thing. Yeah, that's the other part is uh, very little secrets. Right. Because everybody's flossing. Everybody's putting everything out. You could track people. Pe people's homes are being robbed because they, they're showing everybody they're on vacation in Morocco. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, really. Right. Right. It, 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 it's just to me, I just I felt bad because Cam is, you know, he was one of the rare, you know, quarterbacks that that was was successful, was super successful in the NFL. He happened to be a black quarterback. And it just seems like the respect wasn't there. You know, do the, would we see uh, if if any other quarterback was having a camp like that, would they have treated him like that? Would they have approached him like that? Now, would they have been talking trash like Cam Newton? Probably not, because Cam was a different guy. Right. But at the same time, it doesn't matter. If 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 a person says something to you, if you're offended by it, just let them know you're offended. You know, there's no need to try to put your hands on a guy, especially a guy 6'5", 245. What, what do you think? And, and, and boy, I mean, he was fighting people off. I mean, it was pretty like amazing. Hulk. I know. He's a big dude, man. He's right. a big dude. But but also Cam, I don't I know Cam has a podcast and he has his opinions and he puts stuff right. out and all that. Um, Cam's still a young guy, probably should still be in the league, right? He's not even old to to be no, honest. No, but but there game. but there also seems to be like this persona that he has as well. I don't I don't know what the 
that he's portraying. And and I wonder, is that Cam and his frustration that he's still not playing? You know what I mean? That he's looking at these other guys who, who are quarterback in the NFL, Lindsey, who aren't nearly as good or talented as him, and they still are playing. That could be. It could be a, a you know, a way that he's feeling like he's, you know, some injustice has been done to him. Um, you heard him speak about it a while ago. He was saying there's not, what, he said there's not 15 or 20 guys better than me in right. the league right now. You know, him and Robert Griffin Jr. said that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them I understand. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to get you started with, with RG3. Don't get that. Lindsay, what you trying to do to I'm me? I'm not trying to get you, you started. You've already been through that, all right? That was 20 years wowsy, ago. Wowsy, wowsy, woo, woo. <laughs> Y'all need to make up, man. I, I already I extended the olive branch. Rob okay. G, did not tell Lindsay. I extended an olive branch. We, we have want an open invitation to RG3. Oh, good. To come good. on the show. Good. Lindsay, Good. you know me. Come on, yeah. man. I'm I'm willing to break bread and talk about stuff. I'm cool with that. Right. I didn't like him uh, racing the birds and all that stuff. That was kind of kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of strange. Right. All but, right. Go ahead. But 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 you were right. That that may be an outlet for for Cam to you know just frustration. Yeah. And, and you know Cam has always been different though, Rob. You watch how he always has dressed. Oh yeah. He's always been flamboyant with his dressing. And, and I was tripping because the hat with the feathers never moved. It when he never, was it never guys came anywhere. off. I thought hey, the that's same a talent. Thing. That's a special talent. Is that, did he have a strap on that to hold it on? <laughs> I mean, you know, when, you're, when you're in a scrap, that should come off first, Lindsay. I would have thought. Hey, that was kind of cool. That was. was. Was kind of impressive how my dude just kind of like kept the shit in order. Mm -hmm. and, um, <laughs> you know, his his. His his hat didn't uh didn't at all move, which was had the boy in a headlock. He's got one arm extended. It's like you ain't going no damn where. I mean, no. and then bodies bouncing off of him. It was yeah, it's incredible. It's like go go ahead and try it. I've actually got some some footage here of 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 Cam Newton uh kind of kind of going ham. Give me one second to get it get it shared here, my friend. We'll uh we'll get it pulled up on screen because it's it's pretty. Pretty impressive. I'm not even gonna, not even gonna front. It's uh, here we go. Let's let's go ahead and take a look, friends. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, you threw y'all might y'all might think I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm not kidding. That's that's basically how it looked. Now I actually do have do have real footage from it now that I'm that I'm going to share as I get it pulled up. But that was that's basically what it looked like. <laughs> like Cam Newton going full blown freaking Wookie on a few fools and just like tossing them all over the damn place. I'm getting this pulled up right now. Fred's bear with me one more second. In case you can't tell, I'm trying a new way of of, of rolling videos here on this show. It seems it. like I'm, I'm just about. Here we go. All right, let me get this. Here we go. Doo -doo. 
All right, ha- have a look at Cam Newton going full-blown Wookiee, friends. The video surfaced yesterday showing the former Panthers quarterback at a youth football tournament. The video shows Newton being shoved by at least three people. Police and security eventually breaking up the altercation. The event all supposed to help train young athletes in his hometown of Atlanta. So Newton. So, what did those folks learn, JB? Do not mess with the man. (laughs) (laughs) This must be out your body. They weren't even lying. That hat didn't move the least little bit. (laughs) And they were very fortunate because, look, in a world where there weren't cameras, phones, they would have taken an ass whooping. They're, they're lucky it wasn't Ron, Ron Artest. Like, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> look, and I think you're you're onto something there too, because Cam Cam takes a lot of shit, but he's a lot smarter than people think, and he absolutely had that in mind. I promise you, cameras, phones everywhere. Let me not go too up in these boys. Like I, I need to defend myself, but not go too far. Like. Let's let's not get it twisted. 30, 30 years or so ago, without all these phones and cameras around, I bet a couple of them boys would would still be hospitalized. Like that's, uh, but look, man, um, it's just the, the disrespect. Show. I don't I don't care how much shit Cam Newton was talking. I don't. You just can't you can't attack somebody like that at their own event because they were talking some yang, man. That's the height and, of the stu- the stupidity we face today, man. Yeah, yeah, and Cam had probably sized them up. He probably knew the buttons to push and he pushed them and he knew they might get stupid. So he had already worked out in his mind. Here's what the hell I'm going to do if these dumbasses step to me. You know, he, he had thought it through. To me, that's what, you know, look, you get jumped all of a sudden. You, your reactions can be real weird. But that to me shows he had contemplated these people getting stupid. Yeah. Yeah, which which showed me it wasn't just something that popped up in two or three minutes. It was if I had to guess, they had said something like we're going to get your ass. And he was he was ready for it. like he knew they were going to be coming for him like that was. So, yeah, man, that was um pretty, pretty interesting. I'm 100 percent on Cam Newton's side here. You act stupid. You're going to find some shit out. Those dudes are lucky they didn't get hurt worse. That's all I'm going to say about that. Like they really are, because uh, like I said, when you've met him in person, and you understand how big this dude is. Oof, may the gods ever be in your favors, fella. That was that was a, a ballsy decision, not necessarily a great one. So before we move on to the next talking point, which is going to be LeBron and his son, Bronny, going to take a quick word from our sponsors. So hang with us, friends. We'll be right back after this word from some sponsors. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from MyPillow, towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with a nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. I mean, this is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. What a concept. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know you can get our six-piece My Towels, regular $69.98, now only $29.98. 
Or you can save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Also, we have bath sheets, bath towels, washcloths, hand towels, and so much more. And the best part, with your promo code, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my towels. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely Life is unpredictable. If we've learned anything these past four years, it's that. And while we can't possibly predict everything that might be thrown at us, we can prepare for it. Introducing two new emergency kits from the Wellness Company. The first aid emergency kit for everything from sports activities to camping trips. Compact and convenient, this kit contains critical prescription medications and supplies that everyone should have on hand. The travel emergency kit is specially designed for life on the go. Compact, lightweight, and loaded with essentials for any adventure, whether it's a road trip, a hike, or just the unpredictability of daily life, you'll be ready. Next level readiness is at your fingertips with emergency kits from the wellness company. Stay one step ahead to have peace of mind for the unpredictable, my friends. Visit badlandsmedia.tv slash TWC and use the promo code BADLANDS for an exclusive 10% discount. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash TWC, promo code BADLANDS. Welcome back, my friends, and that was uh, words from Mike, Mike Lindell at MyPillow. Mike Lindell might be the only guy who can interrupt a commercial with another commercial and have it totally work. Um, and you know what? I'm wearing my MyPillow slippers right now. slept on my MyPillow sheets last night on my MyPillow bed. Like, the dude makes some good products. So <laughs> make sure you go check them out, friends. Same can be said for uh, the Wellness Company. Um, we're sponsored here by the Wellness Company and EasyRx. And friends, you know, we get asked a lot, especially as flu season's kind of winding down and, and, and whatnot, where folks can find ivermectin, fenbenazole, Z-Packs, hydroxychloroquine. Uh, you can you can attain that stuff through EZRX and through the wellness company. So make sure you're checking in with those companies if those medications are some things you need, folks. Um, so carrying on, JB, the next uh, the next conversation piece here is going to be uh, talk about LeBron and 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 his son. Um, been a lot of talk kind of swirling around lately. Like, is LeBron going to finish his career with the Lakers? Is he going to look to go somewhere else? And seems to be the consensus, JB, is that the only way he leaves the Lakers is is, is if he has an opportunity to play with his son, which is all good and well. I can appreciate that. Um, however, all signs seem to point toward his son doesn't really have it for the NBA level. So you're going to have to have a team drafting him and taking a chance on him and then having to make roster room and salary room for LeBron James. I don't know exactly how that would work, man. Um, before we get into this video, what are your quick overview thoughts on this, JB? Uh... You know how much I love LeBron James as a basketball player. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, you should. The, uh, he's the greatest I've ever seen. And part of my tremendous affection for him and what he's been able to do is because he did come up in a circumstance where he was at a disadvantage in a single family home. You know, if you're going to be an athlete, a super elite athlete, and you don't have a father in the home, man, things are far more difficult for you and some instincts can be uh, inculcated that don't work in your benefit on the field and everything but he's been an incredible success as far as that goes maintaining a family pulling some neighborhood kids along with him into success elite level success so it's just tremendous but here in this situation and you've seen it paul i i know this Few men haven't seen it. 
a father and his son in some sort of athletic competition, the father loses practically all perspective. And as much as he thinks he's maintaining perspective, it's almost impossible when you're talking about your son. It's the rare super athlete who has the proper perspective when you're talking about his son. And LeBron has fallen prey to that brawny is not who LeBron thinks he is. And uh, the weird thing, though, and we're going to see how it plays out. I have some of these discussions with my brother. I've had some discussions at guard uh, with you or other folks in our content creator network. One of the problems <laughs> we're moving away from clear, pure athletic competition and we're morphing into entertainment. And that provides an avenue for LeBron to force through his little brawny situation. And hell, if the kid doesn't get drafted by the Lakers, they still have the opportunity to sign him as a free agent. And they can still have this little LeBron and brawny tour, theoretically, you know? And it's like, I don't want to see that. What, what, yeah. what do you I don't want to see that. <laughs> well, I think to your point about fathers and sons and fathers talking about their sons and having a skewed perspective, I think the only father-son pairing in professional sports where the father had the correct perspective on his son and constantly blowing his ego up and talking about how good he was and how much better he was than him and uh, how he was a superstar was probably Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> like that was probably... The only father-son combo where the dad blowing his son's ego up and talking about how good his son was, was like exactly on point. <laughs> like, you know what? That's going to have to be a discussion, uh, not to get too sidetracked, but one day we're going to have to talk about Ken Griffey Jr. Because I firmly believe without the injuries, he's the home run king and the rightful home. He had something like 650 home runs with all the injuries. And I still, to this day, I've not seen a swing as sweet as Ken Griffey Jr.'s. Like that guy to me is like the home run king. I'm not trying to like throw shade, you know, but the, the steroid thing really kind of bugs me a little bit with Bonds and those guys sitting at the top, um, rather Bonds. Like he clearly went beyond the or, line. <laughs> or and you know you're you're pulling you're pulling the old man in me out. That's kind of what I say uh, in a different context uh, about Willie Mays. If Willie Mays and the Giants had stayed in New York, he's the home run king. Candlestick yeah. Park robbed him of oh. home run after home run after home run. It was incredible. Right. But uh, hey, I don't want to. You know, that's a whole right. That that's gonna be you know that's gonna be a whole episode in and of itself talking about these these differences in baseball, the steroid era, non steroid era, things like you just brought up Willie Mays at Candlestick because that park, San Francisco in general, robs hitters of home runs, which again sets off another aha a clue watson about barry bonds um which is you know what in barry bonds case you know why it pisses me off so much jb because the dude was good enough to have done all that shit without juicing to the gills man he was he was yeah. the best fucking hitter in baseball in pittsburgh before he went to san francisco and got on the juice dude I'm like but anyway i'm getting sidetracked let's get back on track here Bronny and his son man and uh rob and Lindsay had a pretty good little conversation about it as well so i'm gonna go ahead and roll that Right on line with your thinking, JB, that um, LeBron, amazing basketball player. He's, you know, me and you constantly have this friendly little debate between him and MJ. You know that I put 
LeBron at the very, very top of the mountain peak, you know? Um, but I agree with you. His, his skew on his son's talent is getting, getting a little, his view on his son's talent is a little skewed because he's his father. And I don't fault him for that, dude. You're his father. You're supposed to believe in him and have faith in him, but he's, he's, I don't think Bronny is that cut out to be in the NBA, man. So let's go ahead and have a listen to what Rob and Lindsay have to say about it. Yeah. We're going to get your NBA expertise. We talked about how many years you play in the league? 17? Ooh, 17. Yeah, seven. Look at that. I had the number on the top of my head. Right, and, and I'm right. just going to full disclosure. I met Lindsay the day he was drafted in the yes. NBA. <laughs> I've known Lindsay from day, day one. one. Lindsay, you remember that, right? As yes. a, I'm a, I was a columnist in Detroit. Yes. When Hey, this is truly a day one friendship. No doubt. <laughs> when people say day ones, this is a true day, day one. one. That's when I met him was the day he was drafted by the Pistons. But uh, Rob G, we want you to jump in and set the scene for LeBron James. And this will be great for Lindsay to talk about as well, because Lindsay's in that whole uh, coaching and AAU and all that. And just where these kids are. And right. so all of a sudden, you know, Bronny goes from, is he going to declare for the draft uh, and all this? And he's going to be a first round pick to he was dropped today by ESPN uh, when we talk about their draft uh, board. So, Rob G, explain what, what happened. Well, you hit the nail right on the head there, Rob Parker. So, Bronny James, who has been the talk of NBA draft circles for, what, five or six years now, not because he's a great prospect or anything, but because LeBron James has made it abundantly clear that one of his goals is to play an NBA season with his son, which has led to some say that, you know, LeBron has a player option at next season. He could conceivably, you know, use that player option to go wherever Bronny gets drafted. Well, ESPN, because Bronny is not having a great season, he's averaging 5-2-2 two, and two on 37% shooting for a underwhelming USC basketball program. And this team's bad. Team's terrible. Yep. And as a result, he has been dropped off their latest mock draft for 2024, which prompted LeBron James... In a since-deleted tweet, I think he figured all the blowback was not working out for him, to put out, quote, this is LeBron James, can y'all please just let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and results will ultimately do the talking no matter what he decides to do. If you don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works earned, not given, which is a far cry, Rob, from what LeBron James said as recently as last month following a Lakers loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. Now listen up, Lindsay, closely. When he go. said <laughs> in the locker room with media members standing all around, quote, Bronny could play for us right now. Easy. I remember. Okay. I I and, and here we go, Lindsay. I'm just going to say it's the ultimate hypocrisy from LeBron. <laughs> it's okay to talk about, hey, you remember earlier in the year two he talked about he could play in the NBA right now. He's better than 75% of the guys in the league or something of that ilk. And then he's talking about Bronny just recently. And now that he's not on a mock draft, leave the kids alone and don't put them in. Just let them play. You can't have it both ways. When you interject Bronny into the conversation and saying he's better than most guys in the league. I'm going to interject real quick and just say <clears> – <throat> I'm sorry to break it to LeBron James, but just because your son has fallen out of the mock draft rankings does not mean that the mock draft should no longer be a 
thing. Mm. <laughs> it's uh, it, it that right there kind of highlights exactly what you were saying, JB, about a father and a son and their relationship. And look, LeBron and Bronny are super close. Like they're super tight. Like he's as, as much shit as I can sling on LeBron. I'll give him credit for this, dude. You've never seen the dude involved in any controversies about stepping out on his wife. You've never seen him involved in any controversies about not taking care of his kid or being there for his kid. You've never seen him involved in any kind of controversies about drug use, alcohol abuse, any of that stuff. I'll give LeBron the tip of the cap for all that, dude, because in that world that he lives in for as long as he's lived in it, to be able to avoid those pitfalls of the women on the road, the drugs that can give you the energy to get through a next game, things of that sort, dude, it takes a strong man to do that. And considering he came from a home without a father and he's become the father that he look, I'm not going to sit here and throw shit on LeBron James for being a black man that takes care of his son in an era when so many young black folks are coming from broken homes without that influence of a father. I, I got nothing negative to say about the love that Le- LeBron has for his son. As a matter of fact, if LeBron was out here shitting all over his son saying, no, he doesn't deserve to be in the NBA and he's not a very good player, I'd be side eyeing the hell out of him. He's saying everything a father should say about his son. So to that, you know, to that, I'll defend LeBron a little bit and say, what, what, what are these folks? What do some ex- folks expect LeBron to do? Say, no, I wouldn't want to play with my son in the NBA. No, I don't think my son is good enough to do it. I think that would be kind of a shitty father move, man. And I think what we're seeing from LeBron is LeBron is simply putting the love for his son above common sense for the game. And honestly, I don't really have a problem with that from a father-son relationship perspective. But from a professional spec perspective, ain't going to work, man. Your kid just ain't, ain't and, it. <laughs> and, and, you know, look, I give him tremendous praise because it's clear his kids love him. You know, he has built a beautiful family, a respectful family. I like to see that. Okay. It speaks volumes to me. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, Bronny's last five games at USC, six points, seven points, two points, two points, two points. Ooh. Uh, bro, hey, no, you can't play in the league right now. Stop yeah. saying that kind of foolishness, LeBron. And the only thing I really will fault LeBron on, and again, it's why I don't hold his politics against him. He is a creature of this moment when we've had big time forces trying to instill a certain mindset within black America. And LeBron has bought that to his detriment. But so have a lot of other people, you know, and so I only fault him to a certain extent. But then you make the choice, you know, to play this social media game and you're going to be the big time father at these contests and you're going to make yourself part of his little basketball experience while he's playing with his buddy. And I think that's a mistake. You know, you need to let that kid stand on his own two feet. And show what he can show and develop what he can develop. Look, the draft that took him out of 2024 perspective and put him in 2025 did him a favor because he's got to work on his game. I was just looking at it. You know, we get confused about these basketball players because uh, they're just so damn tall. <laughs> I I thought this kid was shorter than he is, but he's six foot four. And I, well, well huh? not as short as he's I thought. Six four? <laughs> like that. Well, he's the thing is. And Rob Parker brought up a good point. He's like, USC is terrible, right? Yeah. When you have a terrible basketball team 
if Bronny was as good as LeBron says he is, then you'd be putting up more than two points a game. Like on a terrible team, you should be the best player if you're that talented. And he's not even the best player on a terrible team, man. That's the thing. Well, and, and but now here's also, I haven't watched them, so I don't know. And we live in a culture, black American culture, most especially eaten up by envy. I guarantee you that was part of the problem with uh, Cam Newton's little fight. You got these envious clowns, you know, uh, who don't quite know how to understand what's real. If that USC team is a little bit intimidated and envious of LeBron and Bronny, you know, almost like Deion Sanders kids out of Colorado, foolishly displaying all of their wealth and all this, that, and the other, and then right. got their ass on the football field and football players will remind you. <laughs> right. You just, right. Uh, just a football player, son. And, uh, but on basketball, they can freeze you out. They can do these little things they can do and you just will not be able to shine, you know, the way your talent right. is. So I don't know if some of that's happening with USC, but the sense I get is he's just not the basketball player who stands out in an obvious look there's a guy on florida's team this year who i have fallen in love with riley kugel if you ever watch him play and you see him for extended minutes you'll see talent jump off the screen but he's young and dumb it's like you got to get mentally stronger that's part of growing up as a basketball player and it's where these europeans are killing us they've just got a better stronger mental focus and attitude than a lot of our players and so i just don't know if you know, Le- Bronny needs more time to develop. Let me put it that way. I don't disagree because when you're talking about what it takes to make it in the NBA, you need to be able to watch a player and be like, ooh, ooh, that would translate. That would work. I haven't seen that with Bronny yet. I'll use, I'll use Brandon Miller as an example. When me and you were covering the NCAA tournament last year and the NCAA season last year, we highlighted Brandon Miller before I even knew he was obviously going to be a Charlotte Hornet pick. Because there was something about Brandon Miller in college, as you and I watched those highlights, we were like, oh, you can't teach that shit. Like, you can't teach setting your shot and shooting a three that quickly. Like, you can either do it or you can't. And then we highlighted Brandon Miller earlier this week, and he's obviously kind of flying under the radar because of Wembenyama. Um, My point is, Bronny doesn't have any of those, wow, like, it factors that we see from some of these college kids. You know, when Joel Embiid was was coming, we knew something special was going to be there, right? With women, Yama, you knew it because there's, you watch them play and you're just like, oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's a step up. And basically what I'm saying, I've seen nothing from LeBron James Jr. That makes me think um, that he's a step up on everybody he's playing with. And that's what you need to get to the NBA. I can't possibly overstate how good NBA players are at what they do. They are good. LeBronny's not there yet, man. So let's let's uh, hear more of what uh, Rob and Lindsey had to say here. And he could play for the Lakers right now. You can't ask people to back off when he's dropped from the mock draft. And, Lindsey, this is just it. This ain't attacking Bronny. It's unbelievable he's even out on the court giving his cardiac arrest, right, that he had. Right. Right. He, I mean, it's, it's an incredible story. Great point. But let's be honest. If this was anybody else and you were averaging five points in college on a bad basketball team and you had uh, shooting 37% from the field, nobody would even be asking why were you in a mock draft anyway. Am I right? No, you're right. You're right. But but I, I think I, I'm not mad at Braun for, for taking up for his son. 
I'm not even mad for him for pushing his son to get to the league. You know, um, it is what it is. He has that power right now. He has that power to project his son to be, you know, wherever he thinks he he feels like he is. But, you know, the fact of the matter is Bron hasn't had a great year. And you mentioned the cardiac arrest part of it. He, just to see him back playing is a blessing, right? Yeah, it is a blessing. And, and I'm not – it's not about Bronny, so to speak. But my right. point, Lindsay, is you can't have it both ways. No, you can't you can't tell the media that he could be playing for the Lakers now, okay? So you're you're putting him out in the mainstream in the media consciousness, right. right? And then when it's not going good to say, "Let the kids play." Don't why are you bothering but my that, son? That, you can't the, do that. But that's the parental part of him protecting his son. You're right. It's you can't have it both ways. But in this instance, Bron wants to protect his son and he's not, you know, having the type of season that uh, a projected first round pick would have right now. And, and so, you know, Bronny's he wants it both ways, Rob. <laughs> Bruh, he's not having the kind of season that a projected undrafted free agent would even have right now. Like, right, right. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're both kind of to the, the same lines you and I were saying, like, you know, I'm not going to go against a dude for standing up for his son, but Rob Parker's ever like, bro, pull your head out of the clouds a little bit. Like, you know, we get it. You're LeBron James. That's your son, but he's averaging five points on a terrible team. <laughs> like that's, uh, they're absolutely right on, on that point as well. Like just because uh, it's not going your way, you can't kick and screen and say, well, just let them play kids. Don't pay attention to the mock draft anymore. I guess that was, my only point I needed to interject right there. Anything uh, you want to say before I play it again, JB? No, I'm good. Let, the, let uh, him laugh. Hey, all right, he can have it both ways, but people going to push back. <laughs> people like Rob Parker going to push back. Of course. Because that's of what course. I do. Of and that, Hey, and you know what? If Bronny can make it to the league, more power to him. Right. But you get so, Rob, what's the difference in all these coaches when they were hiring their sons and, and their sons are becoming coaches in the NBA? What's the difference? Because there's a difference, and you know this out on the out on the court, it's the right. it's the ultimate. You you know whether somebody belongs on the right. court, and you know office jobs and all these other things are uh subjective. Right. Okay, right. we saw that in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, right? With Tim Tebow. That right. that you, you don't, Lindsay. If you don't measure up, the people in the locker room know that. Am I right? <laughs> right. You ain't no, never been right. on no team. Tell me you've been on a team that guy don't deserve to be in the NBA, and they and it was somebody's son they put on the team. You ain't <laughs> never played with nobody like that. Oh no, no. You're right. You're right. Now, now, honestly though, I, I actually watching Bronny play. Now I was going to ask you. Give me your your yeah. critique. I was always a fan because I, I I thought as a young kid he played the right way and you know when when he started really exploding uh, athletically and and I just saw his ability, um I was a fan I was like dude he's good like he's really good he's not I, great I, though can we say that I'm not saying he he's good but he's not great Lindsay and I think that's what people. You know, when you start talking about being a lottery pick or a first round pick, but, you got to be a creme de la creme. You're talking about five anymore, points though, and Rob. playing defense. Not that anymore. doesn't normally get you drafted. In, well, not in this anymore. League. Okay. Look, look, look at the drafts, the, the past drafts. They've, you know, there haven't been just a clear cut number one guy or top 10 guys. Think about it. it it's not like it used to be. Yeah, um, but you got to show me a guy who gets drafted in the first round averaging five points in college. 
If you can show me another guy, then I'll buy it. I'm just keeping it real, Lindsay. You, you can't give me well, one guy who was drafted in the first round averaging five points in college. No, well, Darko was averaging eight. He got drafted number two. Yeah, but he was in – he was four – What? how old was he? Yeah, but he that was, was when eight, Detroit he was, was entering their retarded when he got drafted phase, in Europe. You got to admit that. Yeah, he was, a, he was 18, 17, 18 years 17 old. years old because I remember yeah. he had a uh, – uh, they gave him a I think pass, Lindsay's still not happy uh, about the dark. he was 18, thing. 17. Go ahead. <laughs> right. But, but you know, he, he will be scrutinized. And, and Bron is not having a great uh, a season so thus far. But the team is not good. Their team is not good at USC. They're They're – all around bad right now. So I think that has something to do with, I think, you know, him having the medical issues had, had a lot to, to do with his slow start right now. Um, but I think he'll get better. And I'm not, and I'm not saying, you know, how much better he'll get. Will he get to the point where he justifies being a first round pick or a second round pick? Who knows? Will LeBron use his authority to say, I want to play with my son to force someone to taking him? Who knows? I, I, happen. I, I agree with that. I think that he's going to come out uh, Bronny this year. I uh -huh. I really believe that. And LeBron will want to play with him because of course. his clock is ticking. LeBron, let's just face it, 20 years, you just keep the clock is ticking. He can't wait for Bronny for two years. He could right. get hurt, Lindsay. A lot of stuff can happen between now and waiting for Bronny to fully develop. Yeah, I mean... Uh -oh. Oh, let me yeah, interject. he's on borrowed time now, especially. We're we're not talking about it today, but, and again, I have total love for LeBron, but real is real, and it's an odd thing when your son has something of a heart attack and can't play ball and. What's going on with all of that? A lot of stuff has been happening right in the world. But this thing now, uh, Garnett talking about LeBron and steroids. And, you know, we've talked about his longevity and him falling prey to right. some of the culture of today. Right. Right. And the fatherly thing, the desire to be able to play with your son, really, really, really make history. Right. Um, I'm just. Wow, what do you think, Paul? Might he have given in to some type of a little supplement to help his kid? Um, and might that have caused a heart issue? You know what? I'm not going to say yes or no. I'm going to say that the likelihood that LeBron has done something himself to extend his career is probably pretty high. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say that, look, I work for the Hornets. You know this. Um, those guys are drug tested a lot. Okay, but it doesn't mean that they can't get around them. There were certain superstars, and I can't, I can't say names, man, because I'm not trying to get my ass in a sling with the Hornets. But there were certain superstars played for the Hornets at the time. They got a heads up when the drug test was a week or two away, and they got that heads up so they had enough time to clean their system out and pass said test. Mm -hmm. If you think that LeBron James doesn't get that kind of treatment and a heads up, you're out of your mind. Now, do I necessarily fault him if he did that? No, because my stance on performance-enhancing drugs and sports is a bit different than most folks. Um, I'm actually of the belief that if it's under doctor's supervision, you're doing it the right way, you should be allowed to do what you can to boost your body and be the best athlete you can be as long as you're not putting your own health in harm to do it. We're, athletics are supposed to test the human body's limits. I think if you're doing something to help your body out that is not putting your health at risk, go for it. And there are plenty of supplements that are banned that are not anabolic steroids, that don't 
put your body at risk. They just give you an edge in performing. I don't necessarily have a problem with those. Um, <clears throat> what I have a problem with is when it's potentially used to the excess of say a Barry Bonds. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a gray area for me. Like I'm, it's, it's something I constantly kind of flip around and I'm like, yeah, it should be allowed to an extent, but where's the line? Where do you stop the line? What do you, what do you do? Right. Um, do I think it had anything to do with Bronny's medical condition? It's very possible. It's also very possible that Braun and his family were all vaccinated and that had a role. And of course they're never going to come out and say that shit. Um, and the two could be even be linked. It, it, it could have been a cardiac issue from the vaccine that was expediated by something he was giving his son to help him become a better, stronger, bigger basketball player. We just don't know. Basically, I don't, I'm not going to say yes or no, but I'm not going to rule it out, man, because when you've been doing what LeBron has been doing for 20 freaking seasons in the NBA and you're still averaging 25 points a game, you're still playing 40, 40 minutes a night. It's getting into the realm of that's not necessarily humanly possible with what we know about the body. Like, right. You know, I'm, I'm 41. Okay. And I'm look, I'm not a professional athlete. Like, look at this. I'm not working with a sculpted Greek statue here. Okay. At the same point, I'm in pretty good shape. Right. Um, that said, when I started jujitsu, I was 35. Okay. And I could go four or five, six times a week. Next day, I'm fine. Right. Now at 41 and just that six, seven years of aging and life getting on top of you a little bit. If I go one night and I go super hard for an hour, the next day I might have to take it off and rest. And that's just a change in six years. I haven't done really that much different in my diet, my workout routine, supplements I take. It's just what the body does at certain points. So my point is <clears throat> we've not seen a decline like that in LeBron. And it's not just him. There are a couple other athletes that that have kind of went well beyond their prime, even in hockey that I kind of, I'm like, what are you into dude? Because that's not normal what you're doing right now. And as much as I respect and love LeBron as a basketball player, I got a side eye him that way. And there are a couple, there are a couple legends I look at. Like I'm not naive to the fact maybe Michael Jordan was doing a little something to be able to, to, to pump it out the way he did consistently as often as he did. Um, there are NHL players from, from, you know, that, that I, I kind of put up on a pedestal as, as sports heroes that I, I look back through another lens. I'm like, I don't know how you were doing that so consistently in such a rough sport. Like it just doesn't. So no, I can't dismiss that question. I think there may be something to it. And look, Kevin Garnett. All right. We often talk about the culture here. We often talk about spitting Yang talking shit. Kevin Garnett was a king of talking shit. Kevin Garnett was also a ting, king of not talking shit. And what I mean by that is the shit that he talked Usually the truth. Kevin Garnett never really had a reputation of being a bullshitter or somebody who lied or made things extravagant to get the story out there. Kevin, basically what I'm saying is Kevin Garnett's hood is fuck and he's going to tell you exactly how it is. All right. <clears throat> now, whether or not his opinion is correct on what he's saying is up for debate. But Kevin Garnett never been known as a bullshitter. So when he's coming out saying these things from a professional lens, a professional viewpoint of what he's seeing within the game and he's saying might be something here. I got to listen to what the ex NBA player is saying. I, Cause Kevin Garnett now he'd been retired for a while, but folks forget how good he was. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, folks yeah. forget now they forget about what, what Kevin Garnett was all about. And, um, dude, if he's saying that I got to pay attention a little bit because it, there was never really a beef between him and LeBron. So why is he going to come out and say this? He's not going to say it to start shit or start drama. Kevin Garnett's wealthy as hell. He don't, he don't need to get back in the, in the limelight to make more money or make a pop off a short little feud or something. No, he's saying it because he's seen something as a former professional that he's like, that ain't vibing. That ain't right. 
So I got to listen to it, man. I, I got to I got to at least give what Kevin Garnett is saying some weight. What do you what do you make of it, man? Do you think there's a potentiality but there? It's a different spin on, you know, anything is possible. Right. You know, that line. And anything is possible, including the enhancements. Um, being an elite athlete and achieving at the highest level is something of an addictive drug. I mean, we almost all as a society envy these mofus to be able to be elite in one of these primary sports is just incredible, you know, yeah. just incredible. So it's uh, a strange credulity to think some of them won't give in to trying to extend that addiction, you know, that high of being able to perform at the highest level and get all this adulation. Uh, LeBron is human. Uh, I'd be a fool while I defend him as the greatest ever to not look and say, damn. Uh, yeah, the body's not really supposed to be able to do what he's doing normally. I know he's a freak of nature, but is he that much of a freak of nature? Right. It's like, you know me, I'm a huge baseball fan, right? <clears throat> and despite my hatred for the Houston Astros, I can still sling respect where it's warranted when teams consistently win the way they have, right? Um, but in baseball, bro, it's look at Justin Verlander. He's touching 40 now. He's still hitting 98, 99 on the gun. Now, like his velocity has actually went up as he's gotten older. That ain't fucking normal, JB. Like there's something going on there to keep this dude chucking at 99 miles an hour into his 40s. There's only one baseball player who ever did that in the course of history because he was the freak of freaks, and that was Nolan Ryan. There's never been another pitcher that could do that shit. And I don't think anybody's going to look at Nolan Ryan and be like, yeah, that dude was juicing. Like that dude was the king of dad bod his entire career. All right, but Justin Verlander, you look at him and you're like, he's a hella talented pitcher. I'm not taking that from him. Justin Verlander can can throw a baseball, but bruh, when your velocity has increased by one, two, three miles per hour in your late 30s compared to where it was in your late 20s and early 30s, I got to ask some questions because that ain't normal. And the same thing happened with Roger Clemens. Well, what ended up coming out about Clemens? He was juicing because it, you can't like pitching is such a finite position to play in a sport your arm is only going to last so long especially when you're a gas pitcher like justin verlander like i don't think people most people understand that when a pitcher throws a baseball their shoulder is what's known their shoulder is doing is what's medically known as redlining like every time a pitcher throws a baseball their shoulder is that close to just ripping apart because throwing a baseball is a completely unnatural motion for a human being it is not something we're meant to do and so when a pitcher is doing that for thousands of innings dude eventually it's going to wear down and some of that strength the velocity and power is going to go away uh, yeah. unless you're doing something to make sure that strength velocity and power remains which i think is what justin verlander and a few other pitchers in major league baseball are still doing despite the crackdown on on substances in baseball and i guess you know you want to talk about <clears throat> uh where i would draw the line for this kind of stuff is like I guess Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire would be fantastic examples, right? Because they both obviously use supplements to help. Um, one of them used anabolic, anabolic steroids. The other did not. Barry Bonds used anabolic steroids. Mark McGuire used androstenedione and a few other things. I actually think androstenedione is a light anabolic steroid. It's in that class, but not necessarily um, the same as anabolic steroids. Anyway, um, you know, the difference I see in these two dudes, number one, McGuire owned all of his shit and said, yeah, I did it. Sorry. And he, you see, he's 
in major leagues and he's a hitting coach. He's, you know, people still not in the hall of fame, but people at least respect him again because he owned it. Right. Alex Rodriguez did the same shit. Barry Bonds has never owned it. Not once. Barry Bonds is like the left sticking to 2020. Now look, I like Barry Bonds. All right. I like that. He was kind of an asshole to the media, his entire career, but he is like the left with the election of 2020. Barry Bonds is sticking to the lie. No, I never did anything. Dude, stop. <laughs> we, we can tell. Okay. Like, your head got twice the size it was in Pittsburgh. Okay. That's usually a dead giveaway to some HGH and anabolic steroid action going on. But I think when you're talking about that, man, yeah, I'm all for like the, the stuff that doesn't put the body in harm's way. But when you're talking about a lot of these athletes, man, this is what me and you talk about with the, with the sports and, and uh, people may think, cause we do a sports show that maybe we don't, we don't give credence to this shit. We absolutely do. I'm not naive enough to think that, there aren't athletes out there. You better believe it's happening in the NFL too. Like we talked about how freakish Cam Newton was. Well, I don't rule that shit out with him either. Like it's just, it's just the way it is, man. So going back to that, you know, it's um, when it comes to LeBron, the career he's had, how good he's been for how long he's been and the, the level he's still at, I can't discount it. Well, you know what else I also can't discount JB is that the dude's just an athletic freak because that happens too. You know, so whichever case may be, I won't rule either one out. I do think the the likelihood that he's he's aided himself a little bit is pretty high. And I think you bring up an interesting question as it relates to his son's cardiac event as well. Um, so only got about a minute left in this one. Let's go ahead and hear how these fe- fellows finish this up. And then we're actually uh, going to start to wrap up and we'll get to the NFL NCAA football thing on Monday. Here we go, friends. And I don't even know if him playing with Bronny necessarily means that he's still trying to win another chip. That just means he wants to play with his son. Right. He wants to do something special and right. unique. Right. And, and look, and he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't impact winning like he used to. Even the good numbers he puts up, the Lakers don't win all the time, even with his good numbers. No. So, so no. it is different. Yeah, um, no, it's different. You're, you're, you're asking, uh, you're asking one of the greats that has, you know, dominated for so long to, to still lead a team um, at this point in his career. It's tough, you know. He he has to have a better supporting cast if they want to compete for a championship, and I just don't think they have it this year. And and, and for people who don't know, Lindsey was a first round pick. He was the tenth <laughs> pick overall right. in the nineteen ninety three draft from Jackson State. Hello, is this on? The I love the I love to be able to be a number one pick from Jackson State, Lindsey. Right? I oh mean, yeah, definitely, definitely that that. And, and, you know, I was talking to Carlos Rogers the other day because, you know, he was from Tennessee State. And he, I think Carlos was like an 11th pick or 12th, something like that. We were just going through how many, you know, HBCU players right. had been drafted in the lottery. And uh, it's, a, it's a slim group of us. Nope. It's not a lot of us. No doubt. So there we have their words in the, the Bronny LeBron thing, man. Uh Pretty interesting stuff. You know, I think ultimately if LeBron wants to play with Bronny, it's going to happen because LeBron has that kind of power and sway. Right. Um, right. And look, I there will be a team. If, if this is a serious thing that could happen, there's going to be a team that will draft or sign LeBron James as a free agent and try to – or Le, Bronny James as a free agent and try to do what they can to get LeBron. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there, aren't, there aren't a whole lot of teams that, that have the ability to do that in a cap sense and, and, and kind of mess with their roster that way. So we'll have to see how it unfolds, man. I like your line of thinking that perhaps he just goes undrafted and Lakers go and sign him. And, um, you know, for LeBron's legacy, speaking strictly as an NBA player, I'd like to see him finish up with the Lakers. I wouldn't like to see him bounce to another team just to play with his son. I think he's done enough of the, the team bouncing 
at this point, man. I'd kind of like to see him finish his career out there. Um, so we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be interesting. You know, they uh, brought up a lot of good points there. And um, I'm going to push the uh, the NFL NCAA football discussion to Monday because Badlands is actually covering the Fannie Willis right. uh, disqualification right. hearing today. And I have a feeling we might actually get a decision on that today. Things kind of seem to be ramping up, and she is so fucked. Like, <laughs> you, you remember those memes a year ago about Fannie Willis being Wonder Woman and Superwoman? Man, those oh age like God. milk in the sun, didn't they? <laughs> and, and it goes back to what you and I were uh, were saying last week. Like, you can have a leftist judge, but if you go in there and disrespect his court in his courtroom and make him look like a jackass, he may stop playing along with you. And I think that's kind of what's happened here with judge McAfee. Like, um, so we'll see what happens, man. There, there's apparently even more explosive evidence that's going to be released. And like, she just, I mean, they've, they've screwed the pooch, something wicked, which I could go either way on it. JB. Um, I could go, Hey, they reached a discovery phase and their legal team said, Oh shit, daddy Trump's not playing around. We need to torpedo this case or we're screwed. Or it could have been an instance where the deep state had indeed found a way to get him with this. And white hats are like, nah, we're going to torpedo this shit and not let you guys get through with it. Period. End of story. Don't know which it goes, but considering what you and I were talking about before the show and all this shit being scripted, I kind of starting to lean toward the latter, man. I, you know, I, I laughed a couple years ago when people would say, it's all scripted. You're watching a complete show. But every day that goes by, dude, every absurd thing we see Biden do and everything we see, such as the dude that the Biden team planted in Fannie Willis's team to go after Trump, literally named DeSantis. Like, you can't make this shit up like it's I don't know, man. It's you know, I do a Q show. I absolutely believe Patriots in control. I've said before that to me, I, I say that from a game theory 5GW standpoint, like we're in control to the extent that they cannot win, um, but they can still pull off moves, right? But then we see some of this stuff that's happening lately, and I'm just like, this all might be scripted, bro. Like, it all very well might be damn scripted. Like, I just don't know. You know, you see Trump talking at the border yesterday. He literally mentions a military operation, and, like, the date and all that shit smacks a cue board of Q saying military operation. It's like, at what point, as a conspiracist, do you really step back and say, you know, as absurd as it sounds, we might be watching a fucking show. <laughs> like that's that's kind of where I'm at with it, man. And I'm not saying that to entice people to sit at home and do nothing. Hell no. You guys get fired up and fight. Keep the foot on the gas. And I mean do that by legal means. Go to city council meetings. Go to election boards. Like let your voice be heard. You can go be a poll watcher. You can volunteer to help with elections. There are a million things you can do in and around your community to help if you're not happy with what you're seeing in and around your community. So I'm not advocating to sit home and do nothing at all. Hell, part of the script is probably us igniting and activating and getting up and fighting and taking our country back. We, the people, have the power. There is no magical entity that's going to come in, wave its hand, and we're all good to go and all this communist bullshit's gone. No, no, no. That's up to us. And mm -hmm. that's that's what we've got to fight for. So you can't give up. you got to keep fighting. But just know that um, when we talk about scripts and the plan and trusting God and, and all that, it's, it's because we win and we see it happening and we see it unfolding especially folks in me and JB that have been down these rabbit holes for decades now, when we're sitting here telling you that we see the deep state and these evil pricks backed up against a wall to a level we have never seen, we ain't saying it for shits and giggles. We're saying it because it's happening. I've never seen these folks panic like this. I've never seen them expose themselves like this. And that's for a reason. And that's because the big dude upstairs is, has decided it's time for all this bullshit on his greatest creation, this planet, or his second greatest creation outside of human beings, rather, 
is over. Like he's tired of pe- people shitting all over his creations, humans and the planet. That's where I stand. That's firmly what I believe that God wins and he's tired of it. And we're seeing his hand behind everything, like <clears throat> working through Trump, working through all the Patriots. I think that's what we're seeing, man. I believe that's what we're seeing. So uh, that's going to wrap us up for today, my friends. Um, JB, I'll turn it over to you first for what you're, you're going to be looking forward to getting into this weekend. My friend floor is yours, man. I'm looking forward to, um, resting honestly and truly, uh, recovering from all of that movement, but I'm just so intrigued by what's happening in this Atlanta courtroom right now and what's going to happen over the next few days, the discussions about whatever occurs or doesn't occur today. We're going to have a fantastic week one way or the other next week. And I just hope y'all can join us all on the Badlands Media Content Absolutely, Absolutely agreed. I feel like uh, we're about to hit that March Madness in more ways than one, man. Um, As for my weekend, you know, you guys may have noticed the top of the show, I went with a different intro. I went with our very first intro, and that was because I played the theme song from uh, FTR, which is my favorite tag team in wrestling. And Sunday... Uh, me and Barbara are going up to Greensboro for the AEW Revolution pay-per-view. And the reason we're going, if you're if you're an old school wrestling fan, JB, you'll recognize this name, is because Sunday is Sting's last match. And uh, I've been watching Sting since I was about seven years old. This dude is 63 and still wow. goes, like still does wow. the damn thing. And when I say he's really not lost a step, I mean that, which is a rarity in this business, right? And Sting ain't the kind of dude that's going to be like, hey, this is my last match. And then two months later, he's like, I'll just do one more one off. No, Sting's done. And so to be able to like be in the building for a dude I've looked up to for ages and see his last match. And it's just going to be incredible, man. And he's also he has a fantastic Players Tribune article where he kind of explains everything he was going through in the 90s as he was hitting the height of his fame and how he actually became like a, a drug addict and he was cheating on his wife and. Um, it's a remarkable article, man, because he talks about how all that led him back to Jesus Christ and how one night he had gotten home from a tour in Japan and literally crumpled in his bedroom on the ground, fetal position, crying and just let it all loose to his wife and told her everything and told her, uh, his addictions, told him about stepping out on her, like all of it. And, um, he said that was the moment that Christ came back into his life and that he accepted Christ again. So like Sting has been clean and sober ever since then before every, wrestling uh pay-per-view show whatever he holds a bible study in the locker room for those who want to attend like he's legit one of the good guys so to see him retire is just kind of like ah that's another piece of my childhood kind of stepping off into the twilight like but it's gonna be super cool to be there and and see it and feel the energy he's being led to the ring by rick flair too and we're in north carolina and we get to see some rick flair like i try to tell barbara man we've been to plenty of wrestling events um I told her, number one, this one's going to have the biggest attendance because the Greensboro Coliseum is not little. Number two, you're seeing Sting's going away match. Number three, you're going to see Ric Flair in North Carolina for Sting's going away match. Like the point I'm trying to get across to her is the pop that you're going to hear in that arena is probably going to be almost unlike anything you've ever heard at a sporting event before. Like it's uh, and, and actually the site, the Greensboro Coliseum was where Sting and Ric Flair had their first match where Sting won his first world championship. That's why they chose the Greensboro Coliseum for it. So it's just steeped in history. And like, it's, um, this is going to be awesome, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Like, it's probably going to be a little bit emotional. Cause like, I've been watching this dude since I was seven. I remember being eight years old and WCW <laughs> came to town for a house show. And my dad took me just so I could see Sting in person. You know, like that's, I'm 41. Been watching the dude since I was seven. Forgive me if it's a bit of, like a part of my life, you know what I mean? Um, so that's that's what we'll be doing this weekend, man. I'm really, really looking forward to that. 
And then uh, a surprise Barbara the other night too, on the 21st, we're going to go see the Flyers play the Hurricanes up in Raleigh. She's uh, we've, she's never seen the Flyers play in person. So I figured, Hey, look at these $17 tickets. Those will do nicely. <laughs> and so we're, we're going to go do that, man. Trying to enjoy some sports in person here a little bit more recently. So that's what I got coming up this weekend. Of course, tonight there is I, the storm at nine o'clock. That is actually a pre-recorded episode. My friends, it'll be an America first special. I've taken the best America first segments from I, the storm popped them into one episode. And that's what you guys will have on deck tonight as Joe is out of time, out of town, enjoying some family time. And I can't think of, Many folks more in this movement who deserve a little bit of downtime than Stormy Patriot Joe. So you guys make sure you tune in tonight for an awesome America First special. Make sure you guys have a blessed and peaceful weekend. Spend some time with your family. Spend some downtime. Enjoy yourselves a little bit. Remember that God wins and Patriots are in control. We thank you so very much for your support and your love. Ask you guys to please go down there and smash that like button for us. Help us climb up the leaderboards. And until Monday at noon, we will uh, wish you folks well, and we'll be seeing you again then. So you guys have a blessed weekend. We'll see you real soon, friends. Bye-bye. The poorest way to face life is to face it with a sneer. There are many men who feel a kind of twisted pride in cynicism. There are many who confine themselves to criticism of the way others do what they themselves dare not even attempt. There is no more unhealthy being, no man less worthy of respect, than he who either really holds or feigns to hold an attitude of sneering disbelief toward all that is great and lofty, whether an achievement or in that noble effort which, even if it fails, comes to second achievement. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. The test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much will he suffer and fight? There are many to serve when the victory is near, and few are the hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle forlorn.
It is the way you hold out against odds that are great that proves what your courage is worth. It is the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory is nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin. Unless it is a proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win.